Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, it's Crystal Knight, and welcome back to the show brought to you by Newsweek. Age is one thing, but health is another. And if the Senate Republican leader Mitch McConnell will get on TV and say that the Senate physician Brian P. Monahan has cleared him to continue working after his second freeze, this freeze up scare that's happened in the last couple of weeks, then we have no choice but to question the physician. We already know that Mitch McConnell is someone who will not tell the truth. We already know that Mitch McConnell is someone who will try to save face for the sake of leadership, for the sake of the party. And so if we're not going to question Mitch McConnell, it's time that we start questioning this physician. Now, I'm not a medical official. I do not have a medical degree. And I don't think that it's any of our, you know, right to question what a doctor has stated unless we're planning to question the doctor. Because McConnell has frozen in what appears just from the outside eye to either be some type of seizure um, or some type of, you know, mental challenge or disorder that he's facing when he's freezing in front of the cameras. He did it in Washington, D.C., and then he recently did it in his home state of Kentucky while he was answering questions from reporters And the thing that I keep thinking about is that, you know, McConnell went into a room with other Republican colleagues of his and he obviously struck a deal. He obviously told them that he has this letter. He's been cleared. There are no signs of any type of medical conditions that he might be facing. But we also know that he suffered a concussion earlier this year when he fell and hit his head at a dinner in Washington. And his speech is slower. His stride is slower. He appears to be a little bit slimmer, but he still is not revealing what is actually going on. And many may say, well, it doesn't matter. You know, this physician cleared him. But this is the leader of the Senate. The Senate, which controls a number of things as it relates to national security for this country. The Senate, which controls a number of budgetary things as it relates to international security. The same Senate that decides who goes up for appointments. The same Senate who has so much power, not only to the American world, but our allies and other folks who are watching. And we have an 81 year old man who is saying that he is and full bill of health and fine. And I bring this up because we talk so much about Joe Biden aging 
And he is aging. He's aging before our eyes. And we also talk about Donald Trump, who's also aging. There's also Dianne Feinstein. I've mentioned Nancy Pelosi. And I will continue to mention many of these leaders because, again, age is one thing and health is another. And so if we continue to allow leaders who are clearly aging, clearly having health scares or gaffes or whatever we want to call them before the public eye. And we're unwilling to actually question them, which many reporters are actually doing. I want to give shout out and recognize to the reporters who are asking him the hard questions. But if we're willing to accept his answer and that he is completely fine, then we have to begin questioning the doctors who are clearing them of these alleged bills of health. And that is the thing that is very concerning and it should be concerning for us. And not only is it concerning for me, but it's also concerning for leadership. We've seen, you know, leadership in the Republican Party slowly begin to step up and say, hey, it's it's time for Mitch McConnell to step down. Um, Senator Josh Hawley of Missouri has stated that he's concerned about his health. His own senator from his his home state of Kentucky, Rand Paul, has also stated that, you know, he is concerned. And we still see others, you know, like Mitch McConnell from Utah, who says that, you know, he's a great leader. But being a great leader and being healthy are two different things. Again, there's age and then there's health. And so if we're having the conversation, an honest conversation about exactly what Mitch McConnell's capacity is when he freezes and he's unable to have a conversation or answer anything, then we have to be honest about where we are in the process of leadership, of honest leadership. And when you have a concussion at the age of 81, that is something that is very serious. And even Senator from the Senator from Texas, John Cornyn has stated that that's something that we have to consider. It is. And even Ted Cruz, who's also from Texas, is saying Mitch McConnell is stubborn and he's tough. But again, you can be tough. But are you healthy? Are you a tough, healthy person? And why do we continue to watch our leaders lie to us and tell us that they are healthy and they're not? And this goes for everyone. So this isn't a conversation to pick on Mitch McConnell. This is just a conversation about truth. And having someone who is of sound mental capacity leading our U.S. Senate is important. And speaking of sound mental capacity, we have to talk about Donald Trump. Not that there's been any type of issues with him health wise, although he has stated that he weighs a mere 215 pounds as if he's some fit man um, with that's cut like a bodybuilder when he absolutely isn't. But in his latest round of indictments down in Fulton County, Georgia, he has again stated that it's a witch hunt. Again, no surprise there. And over 350 people have been sentenced to jail or some type of sentencing around January the 6th. So there's another case that's happening in Washington, D.C. In addition to the case in Fulton County, 
Georgia, in addition to the case in Florida, in addition to the case in New York, and bodies are dropping and not as in dead dropping, but bodies are dropping as in people are beginning to be sentenced. And we already know that people have been sentenced. But this week, two to four members of the Proud Boys have gotten serious sentencing. Enrique Torrio, he's gotten 22 years in jail for sedition conspiracy. And he recently did an interview on a major news network stating that he did not believe that the 2020 election was stolen. He's upset that Trump did not provide him with financial assistance and legal fees. Ethan Norton received 18 years, also affiliated with the Proud Boys. Dominic Peloza was sentenced to 10 years. Joseph Biggs was sentenced to 17 years. And people are still out here supporting Donald Trump. It is so amazing to me. At the end of last month, there was a Republican, the first actually Republican debate. There were eight candidates on stage. Nikki Haley, Tim Scott, Vivek Ramaswamy, Ron DeSantis, Chris Christie, Mike Pence, and others. And when asked by the moderators, if Trump were to become the nominee, would they support him? I think there were six of the eight folks on stage raised their hands and said that they would. Now, how do these people who are running for the GOP nomination for president expect us to believe that they will absolutely support Donald Trump if he's the nominee? Understanding that 350 people have already been sentenced around what happened on January the 6th. That's not even including his co-defendants. What are there, 17, 18 co-defendants in Georgia around that election case? Him trying to find extra votes to overturn the election? It is just so amazing to me that members of his own party continue to say that they will absolutely support him knowing that bodies continue to fall behind all of his foolishness and conspiracies around 2020. And maybe what folks are saying is, you know, if he's the nominee and he gets reelected as president for a second time, he will absolutely pardon people. We've seen him pardon folks. We saw him pardon Paul Manafort for financial crimes, although he did actually have to serve time. He pardoned Roger Stone, Michael Flynn, and both of them were pardoned before they were actually sentenced. So they, they did not see a day of jail. But there again, Trump has promised that he would pardon people who have been allies of him. He has not specifically stated if he would pardon um, any of the Proud Boys. But these are people who were following allegedly, allegedly following his orders. These are people who absolutely believed in him. And I mean, we only can look at what happened to Harrison Floyd. That was the former leader of Blacks for Trump. He was he was indicted on charges around the Georgia um, election case, attempting to find votes, steal votes. And this whole Trump train of legal fees and support. And I'm going to have everyone's back. That same train saw Floyd sit in jail for over a week. 
So while folks are believing that Donald Trump will have their back, we saw where Floyd had to have a crowdfunding page created just to support him, just to support his bail. So where is this alleged Trump train? Where is it? And where is the support that Donald Trump is pledging to give to his allies who are literally facing serious legal challenges, legal charges, legal bills because they supported him? It's really sad to see. The other thing that we have to consider around the Proud Boys sentencing is what do these sentences mean for Donald Trump? We know that he is facing his own case around his efforts to overturn the election um, and the events that took place on January the 6th. But there's something that's really sinister about everyone falling around him but him. But even more than that, Donald Trump is running for office in 2024 and people in his circle, pundits, people who are actually against him have thought about invoking Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, which says it will disqualify him from running for office. The amendment states that any elected official who engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the United States or gave aid or comfort to the enemies thereof is not eligible to run for office. That is absolutely what Donald Trump did. That's absolutely what he did. He he gave aid. He engaged. He encouraged silently and complicitly for people to storm the Capitol. There are also members of the Federalist Society, a conservative group who are really calling for Donald Trump to be charged. Essentially, they are stating that he is not eligible to run for office and legal efforts to disqualify him from ballots are already underway in states like New Hampshire, Arizona and Michigan. And if Trump is convicted, especially in a federal case, what does that mean for his ability to run for president again? He's not being charged with sedition or insurrection, but he is being charged with various conspiracies against the United States. He gave aid to enemies of democracy. And that is something that we should never forget. Donald Trump gave aid to enemies of democracy. And he is running for reelection and he is grifting off of his many supporters who believe that the election was stolen, that the election was rigged. But here again, as I've already stated, Enrique Torrio gave an interview with a major news outlet stating that he did not believe that the election was stolen. And so why engage in the January 6th acts that took place if you absolutely know that the election wasn't stolen? Maybe you didn't know beforehand. Maybe he's coming into this realization after the fact. But when we think about the amendments, when we think about the Constitution, and when we think about how Donald Trump is continuing to fundraise and raise money off of all of the four indictments that he has and all of the people associated with the indictments, I still ask the same question that I ask every week. 
How is anyone continuing to support this man? How and why? And in what world? Why are we infatuated with a fallen leader? I understand that his cases will likely begin to take shape, meaning that they will be heard before Super Tuesday in March of next year. And I hope that Republican voters or anyone who is considering voting for him will wake up, will wake up and see that Donald Trump has always been dangerous for America and he continues to be dangerous for us as we get closer and closer into 2024. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Crystal Night Show brought to you by Newsweek. The best way you can support us is to give your five-star review on Apple iTunes and be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcast to The Crystal Night Show. Crystal Night Show.